Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Man, I was trying to, like, be responsible and not have the air on. It's like 75% humidity inside my house right now. Yeah, it's it's hot as dick in my office. So I was like, I want to have to turn that air back on. So how's everybody's week? I'm doing audit shit, so my life is non-existent. <laughs> so terrible. No, just it's just too busy to like think or worry about anything else. Sounds like you have a fun job. I'm off work for eight straight weeks. Oh, fuck off, piece of shit. You and your Canadian work system. But yeah, you want to take time off? Just take the whole summer off. We don't care. There, there's a policy that I have to use it to piss off Americans, though. If that makes you feel any better. I'm glad we could help. I highly doubt that. I bet you're violating some kind of law right now for not being apologetic about it. I don't know. It doesn't make you feel any better. I had a heck of a time getting my kid to bed tonight because he was uh, really hard to calm down because he's mad at Noah. So What? Wait, what? I let him listen to a little bit of the podcast and he does not appreciate your language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) Now, who is worse than this? Noah for the language. Doug for letting him listen to the podcast. It's a long drive home from the petting zoo today, and I did not feel like listening to his stupid YouTube videos that he watches in the car. So like listen to this instead, but oh. it, it had to be turned off eventually. Uh, I do uh, I do have a terrible potty mouth. Yes, you do. Um, today's felt like a Monday, even though it's Tuesday. Yeah. Just because Mondays are terrible. And I pretty much, terrible. pretty much wanted to be anywhere else but work. I mean, that's most people most days. So he, he is right. <laughs> Anything specific happened, Brian? No, it's just wasn't, wasn't quite feeling it yesterday. Yeah, but it's a Monday. So, you know. We'll be fine tomorrow. Get to work today, and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like messing with it today either. So this is very much a Monday, Tuesday. But wait till tomorrow, because tomorrow you won't want to be there at all. And it'll be Wednesday, so it's totally different. Yeah. <sighs> I'm really not looking forward to the next Tuesday. I have to work in September either, so. Shut up. Uh... <laughs> Noah just shot off a gun. That's how upset he was. Best oh, no, sorry. Nice. There was there was bubble wrap within uh, reach of me. Oh, that's uh, not your fault then. <laughs> uh, I had a point. I completely forgot what it was. Then. I don't know. Oh, well. 
Well, speaking of missing the point, we watch movies. Holy fuck, did we ever. I mean, Yeah, Noah picked a couple uh, twins movies. Big muscly twins. Barbarian brothers, to be exact. Well, Noah, do you want to clue us in on the barbarians? Yeah, sure. Uh, there is a clan of traveling performer magicians. It's a traveling circus. Just happens to be in bar- barbarian times. That's all. Yeah, I think they're also supposed to be a direct knockoff of the. Uh, oh God damn it! What are they called from the Wheel of Time book series? They're the uh, the people who follow the way of the leaf. I can't remember the name of that group. Basically, they're just peaceful, for lack of a better term, gypsies. That's uh, offensive. It is. That's why I said lack of a better term. I don't. I don't know how. <laughs> nomadic, nomadic people who are clearly stylized after a very specific subset of people. Um, uh, their sorceress is captured because apparently she is the keeper of a ruby thing that will give people their desires or whatever, you know, typical magic-y bullshit. Uh, They also kidnap the two little brothers who are then trained for years and years um, and beaten by dudes in specific colored masks in order to prep them for a death battle against each other 10 or 15 years later or something. We should uh, work them so hard that their bodies are like iron. Right. Teach them to kill people. I'm sure this will not backfire on us whatsoever. Yeah, we should make them as large and powerful as possible. Uh, yeah, and then the movie just kind of goes. I mean, it's a, it's a Conan ripoff. There's an evil sorcerer douche who's after the magic gem, and they in a cadre of colorful characters have to find the magic item and stop the bad guy. What if it was Conan, but there were two Conan? Yeah. Two Conans both sucked. But really, really <laughs> sucked. I'm getting the feeling that you didn't enjoy this movie, which I don't understand. I Here's the thing about this movie. This is clearly an entire project built around these two guys because they're big and muscular looking and look like barbarians. And they can go... <laughs> Yeah. Don't do ever the, fucking do that again. Don't ever do, do that again. They can do the Revenge of the Nerds laugh. Yeah. Listen, the problem in this movie is it's built around these two guys. Everything else is like it's these these weird like lighthearted sand sword and sandal movies from the eighties that aren't really my thing, but we've watched a bunch of them, and they're fine. And this one would have also just been fine. It's like whatever, you know what I mean. Sure. Except that the two most annoying human beings in the world are the leads, and it's like you—if you could have drastically improved this movie by editing out all of their dialogue and giving more work to the voiceover guy and having the voiceover guy just explain the things that they say. Because every time one of these two morons talks, I—I I am mad at the entire film industry for this weird trend that went on in the late eighties of just like finding people and randomly building projects around them, even though they're not actors. I, I, I cannot comprehend how somebody put a budget into this. I cannot comprehend how like 
the director of Cannibal Holocaust gets talked into directing these two. <laughs> I mean, sir, I, I don't, sir. They are actors. They are no, bodybuilders. They are rappers. They, no, they are not. true Renaissance men. They are. I. I legitimately right now. I hope both of these men are dead. That's what I hope has happened. One of them is. Uh, good. I cannot <laughs> believe these people were so annoying to me. I just cannot stand these two, whatsoever. Good lord. Like I. I, I can't deal with them at all. It is well. How do you think I felt? I'm the one that had to watch mo- a second movie with them in it after. And this I was the better I of the movies. Watched, I, I almost watched this a second time. It's here's the and look. I get it. I get that you like this kind of movie, and like you know the whole thing where they go in and they have to fight the dragon to get the ruby and all that stuff. Like that's all stuff that's going to really appeal to you. And none of it was really that terrible, except for these two guys. Everyone else was like, there was no great performances in this movie, but there was nobody who stood out as terrible except for these two guys. But they happened to be the leads who are in every fucking scene. Drove me nuts. And then, like, they they try to be funny, and you're like, you're not capable of being funny. Stop trying. Just stop. Just somebody edit out their lines of dialogue. Because every time they talk, it makes the movie worse. Then someone said, what if we made a movie where it's nothing but them trying to be funny? We'll get to that in a minute. We're going to get there. Well, Uh, this movie really doesn't feature their rapping skills. (laughs) (laughs) So, Doug, you did not enjoy the Conan Squared movie. Oh, did you again? Oh my God! They should have called it Conan Squared. Most of it, most of it was just your standard '80s barbarian movie stuff that we've talked about before. It's all pretty there. I respected their never give up attitude, where they're like, "We need a giant snake in this movie. We don't have the budget for one. I don't care. We're putting one in anyway. We need these weird makeup effects on the bad guys so that." Uh, so that it looks like they're kind of deformed. Well, we don't have the budget or the talent to do that. I don't care. We're doing it anyway. I respect all that stuff. You know what I mean? We need right. these. We need every now and again for there to be like a really gory cut scene that needs to look totally realistic. And the director's like, don't worry, I can do that in my sleep. That's not a problem. We got that. You know what I mean? We can't we can't get standard makeup onto people. We can't get costumes that look period accurate. But somebody getting their fingers bit off. For Garo Diodato, he knows how to do that. That's not a problem. I felt I felt like the makeup wasn't too bad. On like on the bad guys that were supposed to have it, like yeah, yeah, like, like the like stretched face. Or, yeah, it was the yeah, weird mouth or whatever. I didn't think that was terrible. Well, it's it's not if you're making a high school play or like a local production <laughs> picture. Uh, yeah, the dragon thing like, was fucking terrible. I'll agree with yeah, that. But, but it, like, the, the, was bad. The, the deformed faces, uh, one of the biggest problems I had was that they didn't tone match it. So, like, the makeup part wasn't the same color as the person's skin that it was on. So, yeah. it really stood out. That, that to me, made it, it draws your attention to the bad makeup. And then it was, like, completely immobile and stuff like that, which is pretty standard, low-budget bad makeup problems. But... If they'd gone through the effort of like putting the makeup on it to make the makeup the same color as the person, that would have gone a long way. I do, I do love the fact that they were like, we need generic 
medieval villain who is also a menacing sex pervert. Bring me Richard Lynch. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's sort he of is the poor man's Klaus Kinski. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a fair description of him. Again, he was fine. He did what he needed to do in the movie. He served his role. Michael Berryman's in here for a little while. That's always fun. I had trouble with his performance. There's times where he's just acting maniacal and I have no idea. Like, like during the big escape scene where like the two idiots figure out that they're brothers and then they're like, they have to like, they like tear down half the castle to walk out because they're so big and strong that they can just tear down the castle. Oh, isn't that great movie, movie making? Um, and Michael Berryman's just cackling in the background. And I have no idea if he's freaking out because these guys are escaping or if he thinks it's hilarious that they're escaping. It's one or the other. Did you guys catch the the cameo from George Eastman in here? Uh, since I don't know who that is, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'd like to repeat we've, that answer. We've we've watched several movies with him. In it. Yeah, I know the name because you do this to us once in a while. You bring up <laughs> something and be and we sit there and say, like, oh, we don't know who that is. What movies have we done of his? Uh, well, a few of the older Italian ones from the early episodes have a minute. But, uh, oh, God damn it! Now my brain's going <laughs> to fucking shit out on me. Was it Anthrophagus? Right? Oh. We did Anthrophagus, right? No, what we did, the movie with the guy in it from that. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that guy. Is he the one they go to talk to about weapons or whatever? I believe so. He's just, like, randomly in a scene being crazy. Oh, okay. Just it's always great to see him because he's a fucking he's a psychopath. Um, so where where are you at on the enjoyment scale there? Uh, it's fine. It's like any other generic Conan ripoff, which means it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's canon, stu- guys. It's canon. It's got that canon flavor. It does yeah? No, I I agree. Like, and I it would be fine if anyone else was uh, was in it. Like, if it was just like if it was just you two playing lead roles instead of those guys, I'd be like, "Yep, fine." <laughs> what if it was? What if it was David Carradine and fifty others, <laughs> fucking pseudo famous actors? Yeah, no, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm saying these two guys are the problem, and because the project was built around them, you couldn't do the right thing, which is edit out their dialogue. You know what I mean? They they would never make that sacrifice for the movie the way like like the way Stallone famously did for First Blood. You know what I mean? When his lines weren't working, he volunteered to have them edited out. These guys would never do that because they for some reason there was this weird trend of finding random people and building movie projects around them around this time. The late 80s and early 90s was full of it. We had to watch a bunch of Polly Shore movies. For some reason, Kid and Play had a series of movies made about them. Like, I don't know why they were just like, these guys aren't actors, but they should probably be in a bunch of movies. And this is like just the worst example of it I've come across you, yet. You say that in such a negative way, but like the Kid and Play movies are great. Listen, Kid and Play are performers and they understand their own limitations and they perform within that. These two guys are not performers. They have no charisma. They have no talent at all, except for lifting heavy items. The Pauly Shore movies were also great, right up until the moment that they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, he overstayed his welcome by like a minute, and his whole career was done. I mean, it was literally like one movie. Because what, they made like fucking Encino Man, which was a big hit, and Son-in-Law, which was a big hit, and... Oh, I can't remember. Biodome. It's just done. In the Army Now. 
Well, I was going to say that's the one that sank him because then they really? made it in the army now, and that movie bombed. Um, I thought it was Jerry Duty. No, I don't even you remember Jerry even, Duty. You guys don't even want to talk about Biodome. <laughs> I fucking love Biodome. I enjoyed Biodome, but it's been a long time since I saw it. Welcome to Poly Shore Month. Mm. You know how much I love theme months? I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think Polly Shore is like very sugary candy. Like, it's okay. It's okay to have some really sugary candy. But if you just like gorge on it, you are going to die. Well, what did you that's think? A- of, what did you think of like the sword and sandals like? aspect of this movie oh it's it's kind of so here's the thing i think this movie is fun enough and i think it's one of those movies that whatever they committed to the bit and then they just didn't take it too seriously and so that works i get that the the paul brothers are uh not good (laughs) but besides that i i just it's just fun who cares? Who cares that it's not perfect? It is It is weird comparatively that they have all these, they have like bad costumes and bad special effects and all that kind of, and, and then all of a sudden, it like Doug was saying, they have a really, really good special effect thrown in and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's, it's the stuff the director specializes in. It's just done well. It's like he does, he put his all his time and effort into that. Because when that, when that child bites that guy's fingers off, I'm like, Jesus, that looks real. Like, <laughs> and then they're carrying around the fingers for a while, which I enjoyed. Like, a lot, like the stuff that didn't involve those two idiots was pretty good. Like, like that's like that scene where she's like, she brings the, the or they have the fingers saved for them. And the sorceress lady is like, yeah, you're going to have to get rid of those or somebody can grab them and use them in a spell against you. And he's like, well, then get rid of them. And then she just like picks them up off the little tray thing and walks away with them. I really enjoyed that. Like, the movie had potential at the beginning. That's fun. It's like I said, it's its own. It's in a very specific category of movies that maybe only I and ten people appreciate. Is there's like a good sword and sandal movies, and then there's just fucking trash sword and sandal movies, and this is in the fucking trash category, and it's great. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Yeah, but like I like. I just Again, think it's like, fun. And I think this is one of those ones that maybe if you saw it whenever you were like eight, you would have been like, oh, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> that I can agree with. And everyone knows I never matured past that age. So. <laughs> All right, Doug. Well, if you hated uh, the barbarian so much, why don't you tell us about uh, Think Big? No, no, you do it. I No. <laughs> Could you please wrap the intro for it, please? <laughs> I I. Think big. First of all, like I don't even understand what "think big" means in the context of this movie. So that it's <laughs> the little girl is a genius, and they're so. big guys who are stupid. Get it? They think no. Big. I still don't get it. Big guys. Like what you're saying is correct. They are big and they are stupid, and the is a genius because they they're like. Hi, who are you? And she was, I'm a genius. So now we know she's a genius for the rest of the movie. Uh, so the Barbarian Brothers are truckers who are very superstitious. And apparently they uh, take a job hauling toxic waste because 80s. And uh, they have to do it 
because they have one more payment left on their truck. But Evie, evil, sneaky David Carradine is trying to repossess their truck all the time. But for some reason, he can't drive a semi, even though he's trying to repo one. Also, he's not supposed to be repossessing it for two more Just days, it. but he keeps well, there's trying. The, there's that. Yeah. Too. Which is like the dumbest line of dialogue ever in a movie. They're like, hey, we have two more days. And he's like, I know. I'm going to repossess it anyway. Well, then that's not repossessing it. That's stealing it. You know can, what I mean? Can we just talk about if nothing else in this movie went right? Fucking weird Texan asshole David Carradine is just fucking <laughs> next level. I don't know what the fuck. I don't. I won't say that I enjoyed everything about that character, but there's a moment late in the movie where he's like trying to steal the truck for the 800th time. And the, the teenage girl character just hoofs him in the nuts. That's her solution to it. He's like, what are you going to do about it? And she just kicks him in the nuts. And that was by far the best moment of this movie. It was just executed perfectly. It just goes, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so they go to pick up the toxic waste. It turns out at the same facility, uh, this genius girl who this company like brings in like young geniuses, apparently, um, has invented this essentially like a electronic remote control that can shut down any electronic item. The broadcast energy transmitter from the G.I. Joe movie. That's what she's invented. Oh, okay. Um, and so they're going to use it for nefarious reasons. So she steals it and like escapes from from this facility because apparently when you win whatever scholarship this is, they take away all of your stuff. And Run even, by comedian What's His Face, who uh, played Roseanne's boss. So <laughs> Roseanne. That's Martin Mull. Um, and uh, so she's uh, gets picked up, or she's. Stows away in the back of the, uh, the the brother's truck. They discover, try to kick her out because they're superstitious about having passengers in their truck. They have to go through this whole like fucking weird process every time chicken they drive bone, the truck. Bone. Lucky, lucky chicken bone. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the bad guys figure out she's with them. So, of course, they're being chased. All throughout this, meanwhile, they have a ticking clock because they have to deliver this toxic waste on a certain time. And uh, if they don't, they're not going to get paid and they won't be able to pay on their last payment on their truck. And David Carradine keeps trying to steal it the entire trip. So, Doug, tell us how much you loved this movie. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I, I don't even understand because unlike the other movie, this movie was just atrociously bad. Even for the scenes that didn't have these two idiots in it. Like granted there ain't a lot more in the movie, but it's like, there's so many people in this movie and they don't oh. use them at all. Like, like Michael Winslow shows up in this movie. Do you know how many funny noises Michael Winslow makes? None. <laughs> well, why is he here? That's what he does. Like, why would you have a cameo from a guy who's known for making funny noises? And then you don't give him any funny noises to make. Uh, why would you do that? Especially when uh, he's a trucker. He could be making all kinds of funny yeah. sounds. He could do all sorts of stuff. Just just have a scene where he's pulling up to the diner and he's in his truck doing funny noises. He knows how to do it. Make him do it. But no. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, uh, Richard, the Richard, like 
Richard Mall, uh, Bull from Night Court, plays their there's the guy that assigns them their jobs at the beginning. Yeah, and he Richard comes in and kills like, in this movie. <laughs> but none of them are like used properly. I guess Richard Keel, I guess, is doing what he can do. Right, he's doing that. He does that thing where he's like the big, strong, tough guy, and then like. They go to make him run, and you realize he's completely incapable of physical movement. So there's really no point of he's really not intimidating anymore. He, he, listen, I know how much you guys hate this movie, but Richard Keel and I didn't say I hated this movie. And one of the Paul brothers go to have an iron bar fight, and they actually do the thing where they <laughs> swing at each other and they smack them together. And unlike most movies, they just admit how much that hurts your hands. They both drop it. They're like, ah, <laughs> that hurts so bad. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, see, that's one of the problems with this movie, though, because these guys are sometimes completely unstoppable, like physical forces of just like utter ridiculous strength. And other times, like just normal sized dudes walk up and push them and they fall over like they're weaklings. And that's like, I don't know. That's how you humanize. That's unacceptable. It's not. No, don't. You cannot possibly humanize these two morons. There's no way to do that. (laughs) So let's pretend that that you didn't even say that part. It's in a movie like this. If you're going to you have to establish your rules and stick to them. Right. So if you establish that, okay, these guys are like this ridiculous, over the top, strong guys. Then you you do that and you have them, you know, lifting up cars and whatever else. Right. But there's literally a scene in this movie where the two of them really, really struggle to, like, lift a car up off of the ground, which we have all seen Arnold Schwarzenegger do in multiple movies. Like, it's something that big, strong guys do, but these two together can barely do it. And then once they get it to stop going, the one guy walks over and rips the door off with his bare hands. And it's like, well, if he's strong enough to do that, then they shouldn't have had so much trouble lifting the front end of the car up and just figure out how strong your characters are before you decide what you're going to, how you're going to make your movie. Like you got to be consistent. I don't know. It's frustrating. It's a bad. The chick from Babylon five in it. Yep. And fucking Tom Lister juniors in this fucking movie for some goddamn reason. Yep. (laughs) With the Z still on his head. Right. Just reminding us of a better movie he was in. (laughs) Now let's not call no holds bar a better movie. Than this? Yes, yes, it was. I don't know. I don't know. No Holds Barred didn't have this star power going for it. Didn't have a rap song in it either. You guys are not trying to tell me this movie's better than No Holds Barred. That's absurd. <laughs> I didn't I say think, it was better. I, I think it, it may be a about great equal. double feature. Not wrong. I mean, once again, so I'll, I agree with everything Doug has said that this movie is just a hot pile of trash. And God damn it, I had so much fun watching this movie. <laughs> it's, just, it's just garbage. Just garbage. Just a complete waste of time. I was so mad at you guys because I felt obligated to finish this. Uh, I was just, I can't. Um. Yeah. The movie's not like the best movie ever, but I did put myself in the mindset that, okay, when there's a thriving direct video market, this completely makes sense. It's like some company was like, no, no, we need to make a uh, low budget, 
quick movie. Get, get, do like a Cannonball Run-esque type road movie, but with some super cheap actors. I, I'll be 100% honest. When this movie started and they were truck drivers, mm-hmm. like my first instinct was, oh my God, this is going to be a ripoff of Over the Top, and I am so fucking excited about that. <laughs> the fact that it was not, and that it was instead a shitty ripoff of uh, Real Genius. <laughs> Makes me sad. I don't, this whole thing made me sad. So you weren't at all concerned that they were going to get her electronic thing and use it to take over the world? Who was? No. No, but who were you even talking about? Uh, the bad guys from the, the technology company, because they were going to sell it to a bunch of people. Yeah, but they wouldn't need the codes, which she wasn't. She, she was the only one that knew them. So Well, in their, plan, in their defense... Would, that remote only has nine buttons on it, so those codes wouldn't be that hard to crack. Yeah, I don't know. This movie sucked. There's not there was nothing redeemable about this movie. Like I say, there was a lot of talented names associated with it, but they weren't used properly not at all because all it was was these two zero charisma, not funny non actors driving around in a truck the whole time. What if every time someone takes the truck they say Oh, don't worry, they won't be able to find second gear. Then some of the times the person can find second gear and some of the times the person can't. Isn't that funny? It's not, by the way, if anyone's wondering at home. It's not funny. This was a rough one. This was a rough one. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it wasn't like my favorite movie ever. It wasn't like I have a brand new nemesis in the world like Doug. Like what happened to Doug, apparently? No, I... Cannot stand. I, I couldn't stand these two guys. Maybe this is part of the problem too. Is like, I couldn't stand these guys in the other movie, and I watched them in the order we're discussing them in. So like going into this one, and you're just like, oh, I already hate them. Like I, I inherently hate these people, and I want harm to befall them. And then realizing like right from the get go that like, oh, they're just they're going to be rapping in this movie, and they're going to be trying to be the funny leads of the movie. You know, at least in the other one. Their presence was limited and they were spent a lot of their time doing things that were just showing off their muscles, you know, ugh. So just, ugh. it was really hard for me to watch. It was difficult for me to not turn this off. There's no way I would have watched this whole movie if I didn't have to. So if we put more barbarian brothers movies on the list, you're not going to be happy. I, I Unfortunately, I, I think not. there's only one or two more. I will not be watching anymore. I don't care if you put them on the list. They they unfortunately figured out that they weren't good too quickly. Again, I don't know why people would take these two and try to build anything around them. I can kind of understand them getting cast in a barbarian movie, but not the two of them in the lead. Like, you know what I mean? If if there was some like other barbarian movie and the guy like goes into like a pit and he's like, oh, God, I got to fight this guy. Look how huge he is. And then another one walks out. That'd be kind of a fun moment. And they could have a three minute fight scene and then be gone from the movie forever. That's what these guys should be used for. The idea that they would be the leads in a movie is just offensive to me. I, I think you're leaving an important factor out. Cocaine. The movie producers run so much cocaine. It's yeah. fair. Probably not wrong. And a lot of it, I think, is this idea of, like, just put stuff out direct-to-video. There's a reason why that market kind of went away, the direct-to-video market. And one of the reasons for it is that they did shit like this, that people would just go, oh, I'm in the mood for a comedy. This is the one that came out this week. I guess I'll get it. 
and then it would be this shit. And that's why people, I think that's, they, they did this to themselves. They created a, a bad reputation for direct video movies by making this nonsense. Oh man, I think you put this and the wizard together, you get yourself a good double feature. Shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> Think big. Uh, poor duck. The amount of singing that they do in this movie, I'm like, like of all the things they've done, singing might be the worst. Like, I, I thought they were terrible actors. I thought they were terrible at comedy. But when they keep singing, I keep thinking, maybe, maybe this is even worse than the other things. <laughs> we have to listen to them sing the entire theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies in this. The whole thing. Why would why would you do that? You're, if you film that and then you hear what it sounds like, why would you not then edit it out of the movie or at least edit it down, knowing how bad it is? Just, <laughs> uh, I'm like legitimately upset about this movie. I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm being as subtle as I know how to be. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, what everybody watch? Uh, I actually watched a couple things. I finally got a watch round of watching uh, uh, Ready Player One. Oh, you hadn't seen that yet? No, nope. it's never bothered the, the actors and stuff that were in it. I just didn't give a shit about any of them. And I remember liking the book. And in general, if I like the book, seeing the movie is not usually great. Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I really liked the movie. About it. I mean, they had a hard time. I, f- I feel like it almost needed to be more than one movie. Like it was so rushed for them to get through all the stuff. But that happens with a lot of, you know, book to movie things because they have to cut out so much content to make it fit into two hours. What about that shining scene, though? That's true. The, the shining stuff was really good. And I kind yeah. of, I did like the, I liked the choice that they made to replace the 80s references with like 90s and 2000s references to kind of update the movie a little bit. Yeah, there's still some good 80s stuff in there. Right, yeah. But beside that, it's it's fun. Uh, I thought the funny thing, Char watched it with me, and she, she goes, you know what, this is kind of like an episode of Black Mirror. And I was like, no, no, Char. This is like almost every episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. What? It's, it's a like simulation? It's not like the new season. The new season drifts away from that. I, I have not watched the new season at all. Although I think the new season, I read an interview where they talked about how um, I can't remember if it was the showrunner or the producers or something. They tried to have AI write an episode of Black Mirror by feeding it all the other episodes. And it spit something out and they went, oh, this sucks. This is all fucking just cliches. And then they looked at their show and they were like, oh, oh OK, <laughs> well, we've learned a valuable lesson. Apparently somebody needed to point out how cliched the show was in order for them to do something else. It's pretty cliched, the new season, there's some very cliche stuff in it. Probably. I won't spoil it. Like they're, 
it drifts away from the idea of like you know technology as the overarching villain of the show and drifts more into like um just standard like almost twilight zoney type show just not even twilight zoney just like um random horror shows but some of them are neat some of them aren't a couple of them are really cliche so that was okay and then i went and saw uh Dial Destiny. Oh, yeah. I, I'd had several people tell me that it wasn't fucking trash. So I was like, okay, we'll get, we'll give it a shot. Um, and my opinion is, yeah, it's not complete trash. It's not, <laughs> it's not like good. You know what I mean? It's not like Raiders of the Lost Ark or, or fucking uh, Last Crusade good. But it's also not <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull bad. So I don't know. We're somewhere in between. I, I hope they're yeah. done now because this is one. It's like, OK, well, it went out with kind of a meh movie, but going out with a meh movie is way better than going out on that pile of shit that they put out last time. Yeah. Now, as for, Harrison Ford said, hey, this is the last time he's done. Too old, wow. too old to play Andy yeah. anymore. That's pretty fair statement. And then uh, and, and the box office, <laughs> Disney's going to be like, yeah, we don't need to do another one. This yeah. is a, I, I do have a slightly spoilery comment to make, so maybe you should jump forward a few minutes if you haven't seen that yet and you're worried about it. Uh, but them killing off Shia LaBeouf's character unfucking ceremoniously in one long of, line of dialogue is like, <laughs> damn. People really hated them. Yeah, it's like I hear I've I've heard several people say that the way it was done though is that it really does help. The indie character yeah that it, yeah they did it, like, like yeah it's like disrespectful to that character but he's not in the movie anyway so yeah yeah they give they give indie a moment to be like oh my son died and it's and it's my fault and i you know but but at the same time they're like yeah the little fucker joined the war and died in the war done Denzo. <laughs> yeah i enjoy it like i said i think i really enjoyed like three-fourths of the movie it was about a fourth where i was like man i don't know the, the end where they get into the actual stuff sure i kind of hit the point where i was like i don't like it yeah, i know well, in the same way which is weird because because i i feel like i'm complaining that a supernatural thing happens but a supernatural thing happens literally at the end of every single fucking indiana jones movie there's a box that melts Nazis' faces off in the first movie. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I was kind of hoping. Maybe I was hoping for that. I was kind of hoping for it to end with like, oh, that there's something wrong with the device. It doesn't work right, and then like they're just fucked. I don't know. That's that's as far into it as I want to get without. Because I don't. I probably don't want to spoil this because there's probably diehard Indiana Jones fans out there. Uh, and then I rewatched Hellboy. And guess what? It's still fucking good. The original one? Yeah. Can you be more specific? Yeah. The, the first Del Toro one. Yeah. Yeah. That movie holds up. Really does. The, it's interesting because some of the special effects don't hold up very well. But for the most part, they hold up really well, which is just odd. I don't know that it's odd. It's just when you make a good movie, things hold up for a lot longer. Yeah, I suppose, but I'm used to, well, I'm used to, like, especially with CGI, you know what I mean? CGI ages bad, 
But 90% of the CGI in it looks good. It's mostly things with particle effects, like the little balls of fire and stuff look real bad. Yeah, fire's hard to do. But yeah, that's all I watched. Hellboy's dope. Rewatch Hellboy. I might have to rewatch part two. Yeah, I think it holds up as well. I'm more than anything. I'm just annoyed that they only made two. It's really not fair. Well, then you got the David Harbor one. I said it's really not yep. fair. What more? What more did you want from me? Yep, they only made two. I don't know. See, I'm not as hard on that one as everyone else is. I think it's. I think it's fine. It's not good. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, for me, it's like I just don't have an interest in it, and I, I feel bad for David Harbor because I think he's it's great casting, but it just didn't need to happen at all. Well, he's like he's good as Hellboy. The the problem is, you know, they really tried to push that movie as this is going to be Hellboy, but hard R Hellboy. Mm-hmm. It, and then the movie pulls a bunch of punches, like you know what I mean? They like chicken out. Okay. And you're like, yeah, which makes this dumb. Like, it's it's kind of the same complaint I have with a lot of R-rated stuff where it's like, oh, cool. You threw in some dick jokes. Yeah, it's, this makes it a very much better movie having those dick jokes in there that would, might not otherwise be in there. Instead of just leaning full into it and going fucking RoboCop. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also just think that, um, like you said, the first two Hellboy movies hold up. So why do a remake? It reminds me of when they um, when they rebooted Spider-Man after the Raimi films kind of fell apart. And you're like, if you're you're trying to remake something that people still like and still watch, it's not going to work almost ever. Remakes are for stuff that come for things that are dated for things that there's something some value in updating. Yeah, I, I I think a lot of these superhero movies. They just need to learn that, like, it's okay to James Bond the fuck out of superhero movies. You can just put a new actor in and just keep going. Or like, that's at, that's okay. At, at a minimum, you can tell you can tell another story that just takes place in a different universe, but you don't need to re- go back and retell things that have happened. You know what I mean? You don't need to redo the origin because you're starting over. Right. It's like we know we need to know the origin now. I don't know if Hellboy did that or not, because, again, zero interest. No, I don't think it does. And we've got another one coming out. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? They're making another Hellboy movie. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Um, Yeah, I don't know if they ever announced the cast. Yeah, it's called The Crooked Man. Brian Taylor's directing it. Who is? Brian Taylor. I don't know who he is. I think Crooked Man is one of the newer stories well that's what they said they were they're really trying to like uh lean into the the comic book side of it what you watch doug um not a lot um since since i had to watch these shitty movies this week i thought well i'll watch something that i don't want to see and that's when i decided to track down sleepaway camp too because <laughs> i'm like i don't really want to watch that but i'm I know I'm not going to really enjoy movies I watched this week anyway, so I should get it off my to watch list. Just since it's a horror movie, I will. I know I'll kind of watch it eventually. Um, don't 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 think just because you watched it this time doesn't mean you're escaping from me throwing that pile of shit on the list at some point. It's not going on the list. That doesn't belong on our list. It doesn't suit our podcast at all, and there's no need to get to it. I like um, too. It's you know what? It's not nearly as bad as I expected. 
Um, it's not, I didn't like when I watched three, I like really genuinely hated it. Um, two, I don't know. I'm like, it's the, I appreciate that there's a whole bunch. Of, I appreciate that there's a simplicity to the story. It's just the killer from the first one's back. It's it's a girl with curly black hair named Angela, and like they, there's a reveal moment where they're like, and it's the same Angela from the first movie. And it's like, I, I I know everybody knows, but you know what I mean. I appreciated that simplicity. I like that all of the kills are kind of different and unique. I, I kind of respected that even if some of them are good and some of them are not so much. I was kind of annoyed the one where they, she burns somebody alive that they don't uh, show that, kind of cut away from it. But, you know, there's a scene where somebody builds their own Freddy glove and then she steals it and uses it to cut a guy up. I'm like, I can respect that. That's fine. Um, Who plays Angela in this movie? Uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's somebody famous's sister. Isn't that the policy on this movie? It's Pamela Springsteen. It's Bruce Springsteen's sister. Is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. I accept that. There's no problem. I do wonder with this movie, like it's it's marketed as like a horror slash comedy. I don't know for sure if that was on purpose or if somebody watched this at the end and they were like, look at our new horror movie. And then they were like, did a screening and they're like, who liked our horror comedy movie? Like, I can't quite tell if the comedy's on purpose or not. But uh, I think it was on purpose because they literally decided to make the third one in the middle of making this one. Okay, because the third one is like full on, just like slapstick garbage. Yeah, and they uh, they wrote like halfway through. They just grabbed the writer and they're like, "Okay, write a sequel to this one." And then when they wrapped, they took like the weekend off and then started shooting the third one on Monday. Okay, it's it's interesting because they're quite different. I feel, but um, I don't know. Yeah, like I I don't really know, have, know what I'm supposed to say about Sleepaway Camp. It wasn't as bad as I expected. I'll probably never watch it again. Um, there's lots of really unnecessary nudity. It's that whole problem mm-hmm. where they have the uh, the actors that are too old to play teenagers playing teenagers, and you end up with counselors and uh, campers who are about the same age. Like, it's, a, <laughs> it's a bunch of weird stuff like that. Like, which, I mean, it's such a hard line to draw because if you go back and watch the original Sleepaway Camp where the actors are age appropriate, you're like, oh, they're over-sexualizing these campers and it's weird because they're actually young people. And then in this one, they're like, fine, we'll get 18-year-olds to play them. And you're like, but now they're the same age as the counselors and it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's, you know, I don't know what filmmakers are supposed to do. I guess you could, like, you know, have teenagers in your movie and just not sexualize them. That'd be one option. What? I I mean, nobody had thought of that idea yet in the 80s and 90s, so it uh, wasn't really their fault, I guess. (laughs) But anyways, yeah. Uh, The other thing I watched, which was one that it was like a completely random, like, just flipping through Tubi and went, how about this? And hit play. And then the opening credits were scrolling and it's like starring Vincent Price. Sweet. I hit the jackpot. And the movie's called uh, From a Whisper to a Scream, which as it turns out is an anthology film with Vincent Price being the uh, the sort of the main character of the wraparound story (laughs) that the anthology takes place. And the, the idea is that he's like the town librarian 
his niece has just been put to death for murders and somebody has come to him for like a comment and he's talking about how he doesn't excuse her actions but people need to understand that the town is evil so he proceeds to tell all these different stories about how the evilness of this town but they're all like from different eras going back in history which is kind of a fun way to do a horror anthology um so like one of them is like from the 1920s and it's your typical like traveling freak show comes to town turns out that's evil you know different things like that um and it was all right like it was i remember not enjoying it but it's been a while since i watched it it's like a direct-to-video fucking horror film from the 80s anthology style um i found all of the stories were like very predictable but they're because it's an anthology, they're also like 15 minutes long. It lacks the kind of the tongue-in-cheek that a lot of anthologies from the era have. Like, it's not like a creep show. It tries to be a serious horror, which I, I was personally very pleased to see Vincent Price in a 1987 film playing straightforward horror. I thought mm-hmm. that that just made me happy, just because so much of his work from that era is, like, just hardcore camp. Like, which... Granted, like his style of acting kind of went out and he kind of had to shift to that camp in order to stay relevant. But it was nice to see him get to do a, a later role where he was being serious. And yeah, uh, I mean, overall, I, I'd say I liked it. I didn't love it. But when you do this thing where you randomly select movies and don't even know what they're about and find out later that they're anthologies as you're watching, you know, that can go real bad. And this time it didn't. So I was pretty happy with my decision there. And that is all that I watched. Interesting. What about you, Brian? Uh, I only watched a couple things. Uh, watched the documentary Living with Chucky. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of a recap of the uh, Child's Play series. Like, sort of those new uh, movie documentaries that they've been doing a lot of. Um, this one's interesting because it changes about halfway through. And I don't know if I should say why, because I feel like that adds a lot to it. But if you don't say why, then how will I know if I want to watch it or not? I know, right? So the first half of it, they're just recapping all the movies, and they seem to go pretty quick. And uh, at some point, I'm just like, holy shit, like, they're almost done with the movies. There's still, like, 45 minutes left. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? And they talk to like everybody, like a lot of people that are involved. They talk to Brad Dourif and uh, his daughter, Fiona Dourif. Talk to Alex, Alex Vincent. They talk to Christina Lease. Um, you know, writers, directors, special effects people. Uh, and they just sort of re, sort of, you know, go over the movies and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, the person who made it's like sort of narrating it a little bit. Um, so then like halfway through, um, we, uh, we hear the, per the narrator sort of say, well, you know, I know all this because I grew up with Chucky and she reveals that she's the daughter of Tony Gardner, the guy who did all the special effects from like part four five on or I don't know whichever one Kevin Yeager didn't return for and he's this guy's done them all since then yeah. might have might have been seed of Chucky so then she sort of becomes part of the documentary 
because the, she goes, she starts talking about how she essentially grew up with Chucky. She pretty much calls him like her demented little brother because he's always been around. And then people start getting into their weird, like sort of uh, connection and love for Chucky because it's stuff they've worked on their entire lives. Like Alex Vincent starts talking about it. He's like, yeah, like everything I've done, like something I did when I was like six is still like important and still going and still doing all this stuff. And her and Fiona Dorff sort of bond because she's like, yeah, like I grew up with Chucky too, because Chucky's literally my dad. And so they just kind of go off about stuff like that. And people's, you know, like her dad's talking about how he, he had to leave to go to Canada to work on all these movies. So he'd have to leave his children for like a couple months and just how much of a strain that puts on somebody when they're not at home and, all that kind of stuff. And so they really start doing this weird emotional deep dive about it. This seemed like it was just sort of a generic, like let's just run through all the movies sort of documentary. But then they really start like getting into it and looking at all the stuff underneath and how that correlates to everybody's relationship with Chucky and whatever else. Like Brad Dourif points out, he's like Chucky is, is way more famous than I am, which is a weird feeling because he's me, but He's literally way more popular than I am or will ever be. Just how weird that is to have that weird dissociation with something that you're known for. That's actually a really interesting thing to say. When you say it out loud, you're like the idea of, you know, creating a character and having that character become more famous than you must be very strange for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's different from any other actor because, it, because he's, because he's the voice, right? So it's not like, like people don't see Brad Dourif's face and immediately recognize him as Chucky unless you know they're one of us. But he's it's not like I don't know. It's it's different. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very different. Say like, uh, uh, a lot of a lot of actors who are they become as famous as their character because they play that character. Yeah. It's just it sounds like it's kind of an interesting documentary because I kind of get a little bored sometimes of all the ones that are just reminding us what the movies were about it's like yeah i know they can be fun don't get me wrong but oftentimes it's like i've seen all these movies i don't need you to tell me what the movies were you know what i mean yeah so so it's really interesting from that aspect just them sort of going over all of that stuff like fiona duraf goes into it because apparently uh brad duraf has never been on set when chucky is being they're filming the actual Chucky scenes until Curse of Chucky. Because he was in the first one in the beginning where he's playing the human version of Charles yeah. Lee Ray. And then he did he records all of his voice work before they shoot the movie. Okay, so they adjust the doll to match what he's done kind of thing then? Yes. Okay. And he showed up on Curse of Chucky to support his daughter. It finally got to see like the puppet in action. He had never been there when they had been filming it before. So that was just a weird new experience for him. And then since he recorded the the dialogue first, they play it on set. 
So like when she's acting against the doll, they're playing like his his uh, performance. And she's like, and I asked them if they could just not do that because it really weirds me out that my dad's voice is coming out of the doll, even though she knew that going in. But she's like, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. But then you're on set and you're like, oh, yeah, that's weird. I don't like that. And she's like, could you not do that? And they're like, no, we, we have to play it. Like, this is this is it. Like, we're going we're gonna to play it. And so she just had to get over it. But... She said it's just a very weird, weird feeling. It would be super weird with that being your dad's voice. <laughs> uh, but it's great. And like, you know, it's fun. They talked to Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly was a fan of these movies and stuff. And they wanted to see if she would want to do one. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to be in one. But she decided to do it anyway. And now they're like her favorite movies that she's ever done. So that's so yeah. fun. Now I'm curious without getting into details, is there anybody that has that looks at this negatively, like that sees growing up with Chucky as something that's been bad for them? Because it sounds like all these people kind of have mostly positive things to say. Yeah, not really. Like I said, the uh the special effects guy does lament sort of like have to be away from his family so much to work on yeah. these movies because you have to show up show up early to start getting everything set up for when they do start finally shooting and stuff. But yeah, there's nobody that's like, ah, oh, this was, this was terrible or anything like everybody, everybody loves it. It's kind of, it's interesting. Good. Yeah. I mean, like if, if your big complaint is, yeah, I wanted to be in the movies and turns out you have to go away from your family to be in the movies. Um, everybody knows that when they sign up for that job. So it's not, yeah, it can be for yeah. sure. It can be a frustration, but it's not a really big complaint, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the the dad and the daughter, special effects guy and the daughter who's doing the documentary, they sit down and have conversations about it, and it's interesting to see it from both perspectives and you know that kind of stuff. So yeah, if that sounds interesting. I I would say it's a definite watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does sound interesting. So. Um, then the other thing I watched is I went and saw the new Insidious movie. Oh, yeah. Che, guess what? It's an Insidious movie. Is that right? That's, that's not a bad thing. Like, I enjoy the Insidious movies. It's probably not the best Insidious movie, but it's about, uh, this one's about the family from the first two. So we're oh, catching yeah? up, catching up with them again after 10 years. Um, the, uh, the oldest son, the son who was possessed in the first two is going away to college and so you know for people that don't remember at the end of the second one they essentially uh hypnotized both of them made them forget everything that happened so they wouldn't travel into the further into the astral projection plane into the further anymore thus keeping them sort of safe from whatever entities were after them and now that uh he's going away to college and Dad's having sort of a weird time. He said he seems very, he feels very foggy. His brain's not working like as well as it should be. Like he's been losing memories and stuff and he can't figure out why and all this stuff. And of course, uh, stuff happens that draws them back into the whole weird 
spirits are after them for whatever reason situation. Some of it's really interesting. Some of it's just sort of like, eh, but you know, I like those movies, so I was fine with watching it. I had a good time. Just don't go in expecting anything that's mind blowing or new or Yeah. Like that. I mean it's far enough into a series that you should know what you're getting. They shouldn't really be blowing your mind at this point. Right. There's so many sequels at this point, I'm just waiting for Vin Diesel to flip a truck over something. Well, they're only on the fifth one. And to be fair, three and four are both prequels. So, too fast, too insidious. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Doug, what are you picking for next week? I'm I'm working on it. Part of me wants to just try to get Noah back for what he did to me this week. <laughs> Um, which which you gonna do, Doug? Pick bad movies? No, I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm going to pick long, serious, <laughs> long, long, good pretentious, movies. slow garbage. Arguably, next week, Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. So we will long. find out if Noah finds them pretentious. There's long, yes. I mean, I've seen Taxi Driver a bunch of time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> King of Comedy I don't think I've ever actually seen I've, never I've only seen, seen it once and I really liked it um, yeah it, I saw it once when Joker was coming out because I heard that it was part of the inspiration for that and wow is it ever um, so that can be your bonus homework Brian you've never seen uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker right so you could watch it after you watch these two and try to find all the very subtle connections between them by subtle connections I mean moments that were taken heavily from these movies and just reused. Yeah. Let's see. Um, so to timestamp this episode, a lot of pictures have come out in of Hugh Jackman in his Wolverine outfit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looks, looks, looks like good. his Wolverine outfit. Like it's... I just feel like... I've seen a whole bunch of people complaining about the look of Deadpool's costume. Because people are crazy. It pretty much it's looks really, the same. Yeah, I kind of didn't. Yeah, there's different. They're saying it's been Disney-fied and that it's a brighter shade of red and that it's cleaner looking. People are fucking dumb. I would say, well, you know, in the last movie, his suit got ripped in half because of Juggernaut. So maybe it's a new suit, assholes. I, I didn't notice that it was a brighter red. I mean, the shot, the famous shot of the two of them walking is like, outside in the bright sunlight so everything looks a little brighter but oh, yeah, my, biggest color concern, my biggest concern about Deadpool 3 is the that they're not letting them improvise on set apparently so yeah, it's, it's the writer's strike yeah that's my biggest concern is I think like you, you risk tearing the heart out of that movie and I don't know we'll see how it goes well, yeah, someone did point out, like if somebody, an actor of some sort who I don't remember, did point out, and this doesn't bode well for the other actors on set at the moment, but they did point out, they're like, yeah, but Deadpool's got a mask on, and they've actually done this in the other Deadpool movies where he can improvise, like, in ADR. Yeah, yes. And they're editing and stuff, so he so still gets some fun stuff in there, but it may not be as, uh, you know. But you won't sort of have that. the two of them playing off each other, which is what we're totally. hoping for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And stupid, stupid strike. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about the 
film industry, but I, I do know that like when you have HBO Max taking shows off just so they don't have to pay residuals to people, that yeah. you know maybe that's a problem. Then you have like there's all the talk, like all the head, uh, headlines that have come out about like guy that made Squid Game made like zero dollars off of it, even though it was this yeah. huge thing for Netflix. So I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I had not I've not done research, but I also heard rumors that the reason they changed the name from HBO Max to just Max is because a lot of the contracts for a lot of the content had like such and such tiers that if it plays on HBO they get this much money or whatever. So just putting it on Max just gets yeah. allows them to play it and pay them less. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Crazy. This almost sounds like capitalism is problematic. <laughs> well, mixing capitalism with your art is extremely problematic. That's for sure. And, you know, capitalism in general. Yeah. I mean, if, if you like the idea of the people with the most power get to keep all the power and all the money, then capitalism is great. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that one's true or not, but it's something I'd heard. That's shitty, if that's true. But I mean, it, it sounds like it could be true. Uh, and apparently it's been all pretty much confirmed that Jennifer Garner's coming back as Electra in the movie. Really? Yeah. Huh. That, uh, that sounds not good. No, but I think she's showing up so they can rip it to shit, probably. Yeah, I would assume it's um, like a small part. So that they can make fun of that movie. That or they're going to bring her in as actual Electra and she is going to murder the fuck out of a bunch of people. <laughs> and people are speculating that this is going to lead to uh, Ben Affleck showing up as Daredevil. And sure, why not? I mean, that's an interesting way to have Deadpool interacting with lots of famous people without risking turning your MCU into a joke. It's just having interact with older versions of the characters that aren't technically in canon yeah. well i know they're pretty much gonna skewer the shit out of fox because another picture i shared in the group chat today was yeah uh, it's pretty planet, planet of the apes looking scenario with the giant 20th century fox like stone logo like half destroyed yeah it's pretty funny so i can't, I can't wait I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm almost I, assuming that's going to be the opening credits, that they're going to open with the that. Fox logo and have the logo destroyed or something by Marvel. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to predict. That could also be like a post credit scene where they're like, they literally mimic the end of Planet of the Apes, where it's like, you maniacs, you did it. <laughs> Why have we not done Planet of the Apes on this? show before because i was scared that if we brought it up that we would accidentally end up doing like an eight month planet of the apes of the thon. eight <laughs> months <laughs> Ooh, team team the old ones up with the new ones eight months i don't know um, we're not we don't need a, that many theme months Bull month, month of month. apes <laughs> it's a month month year month month year <laughs> it's coming back you guys owe me. I expect good film choices for the next little while after this week. This is this was unacceptable. Even better, team team a Planet of the Ape movie up with some other ape movie that has nothing to do with it. Just fucking Return to the Planet of the Apes and Dunstan checks in. <laughs> what if we did like for uh, the Planet of the Apes and 
<laughs> if we did Planet of the Apes and then Spaceballs, because Planet of the Apes do show up at the end. It's reasonable. Well, I'm just going to warn you, Doug. I'm in the mood for some uh, uh, gangs in school type movies. Well, they're good ones. That's all I want. <laughs> so I'm not telling you what we should watch. I'm telling you pick good movies that fit the theme that you're in the mood for. All right. You know who you know who I bet made a whole bunch of good movies about schools. Roger Corman? The Italians. Oh, the Italians. I need to put some more Italian movies on there. I haven't put some uh you Garbage need to Italian. stop doing anything. To this. You just stop touching the list. I'll update the list. You can pick from the things I put on. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that works for me. Oh, man, Doug's so mad. Well, how can you blame me? Do you remember the movies and how bad they were? Yeah, but, you know, I didn't hate them as much as you did. You got to learn to have some more hate in your heart. Unacceptable. It's not our fault you're you don't have the ability to have fun, Doug. No, I can have lots of fun. Just oh, those two giant fucking idiots. <laughs> Stop it. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.